Good Friday and welcome to this edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. Taylor Charleston will have a report on education opportunities for growers through the University of California Davis Fruit and Nut Research and Information Center. I'll have regional and national agricultural news as well, beginning with regional ag news right after this. There's giant potential sleeping in your soil. Under drought conditions, it's never been more important to wake it up. Phycoterra, a superior soil microbial food, activates the native microbes responsible for your soil's health and water holding capacity. Adding Phycoterra to your crop increases water retention up to 10% and optimizes crop nutrient availability. Plus, it delivers excellent mixability and application flexibility, making it easy to add to your existing crop input strategy. Visit Phycoterra.com to learn how you can wake up your soil's giant potential with Phycoterra. The California Department of Food and Agriculture is hosting a virtual panel discussion on the relationship between pesticides, soil health, carbon sequestration, and greenhouse gas emissions. The discussion is scheduled for December 13th from 9 a.m. to noon and will be moderated by CDFA's Office of Pesticide Consultation and Analysis with support from the California Environmental Protection Agency, the California Department of Pesticide Regulation, and the California Air Resources Board. The discussion will bring together subject matter experts to give an overview of the current state of research and identify potential funding sources to expand knowledge in this area. Interest in climate change science has motivated a desire to better understand the ways that agricultural and land management practices impact carbon sequestration and GHG emissions. The panel discussion will be an interdisciplinary effort to review research focused on the relationship among pesticides, soil health, carbon sequestration, and GHG emissions. To register and get more information and contact the California Department of Food and Agriculture. The Organic Trade Association is pleased to announce it has received a record level of funding of more than $1 million from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Market Access Program to promote U.S. organic products around the world in 2023. The award is an almost 10% increase from the 2022 levels and the largest MAP award ever received by OTA. The OTA is proud to have been an official cooperator in USA's Market Access Program for more than 20 years, leading to huge wins for the organic industry, according to Sarah Gorman, International Trade Manager for OTA. The market promotion efforts have created opportunities that have generated millions of dollars in new sales and expanded global market access for participating businesses, establishing new organic customers around the world. Global demand for American-produced organic products has never been greater. Department of Agriculture statistics show the value of U.S. organic exports nearly double between 2011 and 2021, increasing from around $400 million to just over $700 million including an almost 10% increase from 2020 to 2021. Canada and Mexico are the United States' largest export partners with Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, the EU, and the United Arab Emirates, all making the top 10 list for U.S. organic exports. Recently, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management hosted its first ever auction for offshore wind leases for two main locations off the California coast. Dozens of companies submitted bids for five different projects covering a combined area of 580 square miles. These projects will be a first of their kind on the West Coast and will be a critical step towards California's goal of achieving carbon neutrality by the year 2045. 
And according to California Ag Today, the Westlands Water District Board of Directors appointed Jeff Fortune as president of the district. Fortune succeeds Ryan Ferguson. Fortune is a third-generation California farmer and a second-generation Westlands farmer. He is a boots-on-the-ground farmer with more than four decades of farming experience. He works alongside his father and two brothers at their family farm, growing tomatoes, almonds, and pistachios. Actress Sandra Bullock has sold her home and avocado farm in Valley Center, California for $5.6 million. The 91-acre property, located about 40 miles northeast of San Diego, was listed for $6 million in September and went into contract in just three weeks. It closed in early November for $5.6 million, according to listing records. The buyer used a limited liability company to complete the transaction per the deed filed with the county clerk on November 9th. The property has a 5900 38-square-foot main residence and about 1,200 organic avocado trees, according to the listing. With harvest season in the rear view, it's once again time to enjoy and celebrate delicious Northwest pears. And recently, the industry celebrated World Pear Day. It's a day that the Pear Bureau created to celebrate all things pear around the world. It's a way to get our export markets involved as well as domestic markets. Pear Bureau Northwest Jeff Korea says it's been difficult the past couple of years getting pears to those foreign markets. Shipping challenges past two years have kind of curtailed that type of activity. There's a lot of gaps in supply in a lot of countries that don't have pears in the market yet. So we've pivoted to more of digital activities with all participating with some sort of, you know, post or video. And when COVID hit, virtual celebrations became practical. Yeah, it's to turn people on to pears. It's also to remind pears that you know, we are in season. This is our peak month of availability and, and most of our export markets. And under normal circumstances, when we, we're not facing shipping delays or shipping challenges, December is typically peak month when we are available on, on all export markets. World Pear Day is December 3rd, and it kicked off the 18th annual Celebrate Pears Month. A very good Tuesday. Time for a check-in of agricultural news here today. I'm Lori Boyer. In response to relatively stronger net farm incomes, U.S. farm sector capital expenditures have increased dramatically in the last three years, according to research by the University of Illinois. In 2019, farm sector capital expenditures were approximately $30.1 billion. The forecasted value for 2022 is $44.2 billion. Capital expenditures include tractors, trucks, autos, machinery, buildings, land improvements, and miscellaneous expenditures. Capital consumption represents a declining balance of capital stock or economic depreciation. The ratio of capital expenditures to capital consumption increased from 1.06 in 2019 to 1.70 in 2022. The data implies that farmers have used a portion of their strong net farm incomes in the last few years to replenish their capital stock. The changes in expenditures during the last four years have differed among expenditure categories. Specifically, increases were larger for tractors and machinery than for autos, trucks, buildings, and land improvements. USA's Economic Research Service finds cover crop mixes account for 18 to 25 percent of acres with cover crops. However, the use of single species cover crops is more common. For cornfields in 2021, almost 75 percent of acres with cover crops used a grass or small grain cover crop such as cereal rye, winter wheat, or oats. At 44 percent of acreage, cereal rye was almost twice as common as winter wheat as a cover crop on corn for grain fields. Rye and winter wheat were also the most common cover crops on 
soybean fields in 2018. Winter wheat was the most common cover crop used on cotton fields in 2019. Farmers add cover crops to rotations to provide living seasonal soil cover between a planting of the two cash or forage crops. Including cover crops in a rotation can provide benefits such as improved soil health and water quality, weed suppression, and reduced soil erosion. The Department of Agriculture has announced the new Agricultural Science Center of Excellence for Nutrition and Diet for Better Health. The virtual center is part of President Biden's cancer moonshot effort to end cancer as we know it. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack says the virtual center will connect existing resources, including people and programs to leverage expertise and increase coordination and cooperation. USDA is enhancing its research to focus on precision nutrition science to better understand the needs of underserved communities. The World Cancer Research Fund claims 30 to 50 percent of all cancer cases are preventable by following a healthy diet and lifestyle. Sponsored by the California Walnut Boarding Commission, supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. Attendees at this week's Almond Conference got to learn about a beneficial educational tool in UC Davis's Fruit and Nut Research and Information Center. The mission of the center is to aid in the coordination and dissemination of UC research and extension activities related to fruit and nut crops. We do that primarily with our online resources, but we also host uh, an extension course every year, and we are always available to answer questions directly, both uh, by growers, uh, extension personnel, um, even backyard uh, growers. That was Julia Stover-Blackburn, the center's director. The center's website features a number of helpful tools and models for growers, including chill calculators to prepare for harvest, weather models, and research databases for various commodities. We have uh, tools for for pretty much every fruit or nut crop grown in California, but we're here today uh, advertising or I guess showing off some of our, our new uh, almond resources, specifically our new almond rootstock selection tool. Uh, growers can use it to determine which rootstock would be most appropriate for planting in a specific location based on uh, what their, their main concerns would be for that location. Coming up for the center in March is its annual extension course for principles of cropping and management, a rare educational opportunity for growers. I, I think it's a great opportunity. It's unlike any other course that, that I've seen available. Um, there are a number of courses that are available through, through for example, UCA and R that are focused on production, particularly of like a specific crop. There's a really great uh, almond production course and an almond or a pistachio short course. But we're the only cor- uh, course that focuses sort of like on the biology behind why we make the the management decisions that we do. Um, we call it the, the principles course, it's the pr- principles of, of fruit and nut tree growth, cropping and management. And it really goes back to sort of the, the basic biology of how trees grow uh, and, and then how that informs uh, our management decisions. So we talk about everything from, you know, uh, like pruning and, and planting, uh, irrigation, nutrition management, um, all the way to, to some basic pest management and completely uh, a sort of crop independent. So we, uh, it's, it's a, uh, of value, I think, to, to growers of, of really any uh, major fruit or nut tree crop. The classes for the course are taught by multiple ag professionals. Both uh, professors uh, at, at UC Davis, as well as a few from uh, colleagues of ours at, at Riverside, um, all of them experts in their fields, uh, with many, many years of experience, both teaching this course and then doing research in the field, you know, on, on the topics that they're teaching. 
Stover Blackburn recommends the class for anyone that's going to or may already be working in fruit or nut tree agriculture. If you're a grower, if you're, you know, coming into the industry and you just want a better understanding of, of what you're going to be working with, we've had folks come in who were going to be working, you know, in, in uh, processing, but they didn't really understand you know, what was going to be happening. We have had for a couple of years now, the, the Almond Board sends pretty much all of their new hires, even folks who are going to be working, you know, in social media. They, they just want to make sure that people who are going to understand the industry that they're working in. She added that while in-person meetings like the center's annual extension course do wonders for hands-on learning of complex concepts, the center is looking to put more content online for additional education in the future. We have been working on developing um, some online courses. They're more appropriate for, for, for beginner growers, but that is an option that's available. Um, and we are always uh, working to make sure that um, informational materials are available online, accessible from anywhere, you know, to anyone, and for free. You know, um, obviously courses like the ones that we have, they have to be somewhat costly and that can really uh, limit who's available. You know, we, we offer scholarships, but you know, that's uh, only uh, kind of a stopgap, right? We can only offer so many scholarships, but the more information we can put online, the more information that's out there for people to access as quickly as possible, you know, uh, when they need it, that's really, that's really, I think, the final answer there. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. This segment is sponsored by Bee Hero, the leading almond pollination provider. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. There wasn't much movement in the November Purdue University CME Group Ag Economy Barometer. Dr. James Minter with Purdue University has a rundown from the latest barometer report. Hi, and thanks for joining us for the Purdue University CME Group Ag Economy Barometer November 2022 survey results. I'm Jim Minter, Director of the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture, and I'm going to share with you the highlights of this month's survey. The Ag Economy Barometer Index was unchanged this month versus last month at a reading of 102. That was, though, 12% lower than it was in November 2021. The index of current conditions was down three points versus last month, but that leaves that index 23% lower than it was a year ago. The Future Expectations Index was actually up two points this month compared to a month ago, but that leaves that index 5% below where it was in November of 2021. The Farm Financial Performance Index rose five points this month compared to a month earlier, 14% lower than November 2021 as that index continues to suggest there is some stress out there. We continue to ask producers what their biggest concerns are for their farming operation in the upcoming year. 42% of the producers in this month's survey chose higher input costs as their top concern, followed by rising interest rates chosen by 21% of the producers in the survey, and availability of inputs and lower crop or livestock prices chosen by 14% of the producers in this month's survey. The Farm Capital Investment Index fell seven points this month to a reading of 31. That's down from 38 last month and puts it in a tie with its all-time low established a couple of months ago at that reading of 31. That's 21% lower than it was in November of 2021, and it's 67% below the level it achieved in late 2020, early 2021. 
When we followed up and asked producers who said now is a bad time to make large investments in their farming operation, why they felt that way, the top choice continues to be the increase in prices for farm machinery and new construction. The short-term farmland value index was down four points this month compared to last month. The long-term index, which asks people to look at what they think is going to happen with respect to farmland values over the next five years, was unchanged compared to last month. And that leaves that long-term index down about 9% compared to a year earlier. Once again, we followed up and asked producers who said they expect to see farmland values rise over the next five years, what the main reason for that expectation was. And the number one choice, again, continues to be non-farm investor demand, this month chosen by 52% of the respondents in the survey, followed by inflation at 26%. That wraps up the highlights of this month's survey. You can get more details at the website, purdue.edu agbarometer, and also a more detailed version available on the Purdue Commercial AgCast podcast. I want to remind you that the Purdue Top Farmer Conference is coming up on January 6th, and you can attend that conference in person here in West Lafayette or remotely via Zoom. Details are available at our website, purdue.edu slash commercialag. On behalf of the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture, I'm Jim Mintert. And speaking of input costs, fertilizer consumption suffered in 2022 due to market volatility and record high prices. However, a new Rabobank report says recovering consumption is possible in some regions next year, with fertilizer prices lowering and commodity prices at historically high levels. The affordability index's moving average is trending lower as fertilizer prices are returning to pre-Ukraine war levels, according to Rabobank. For the next three months, the index will continue to trend downward but remain above normal. The key point to watch for is nitrogen products as the natural gas crisis in Europe has the potential to make urea and ammonia more expensive and could keep the index at a high level. Rabobank says the nitrogen-based fertilizer market is the most volatile among all fertilizers due to its connection with oil and natural gas markets. As those commodities get more volatile, urea and ammonia prices are expected to go along with the ride. A poll of voters commissioned by the International Dairy Foods Association shows strong support for reforming immigration policy as a way to help control food prices. Almost 90% of Democrat voters and 79% of Republican voters support the idea of immigration reform. When asked about the price of food, it was almost unanimous that 94% said that rising food prices are a problem in America. It turns out over 40% of the voters see a connection between immigration issues and rising food costs. Democrat and Republican voters are not aligned and connected immigration issues with rising food costs. Over half of Republican voters say they're connected, while only one-third of Democrats do. Over half of the voters, including 55% of Democrats and 58% of Republicans, support Congress passing substantial immigration reform. Older voters, postgraduate voters, and urban voters are the most supportive of reform. Farm households are seeing median incomes rising this year, even as outcomes for the household's farm operation is below a year ago. USA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford. For farm households in this country, the income situation this year is going to be a mixed bag. First, USDA Economic Research Service Administrator Spiro Stefano says looking at farm households right in the middle between the highest earning households and the lowest. The median total farm household income is forecast to be 2.8% increase over 2021. 
at about $94,800, but that's total income both from off-farm jobs and the farm. Sparrow says for this year, the farm side's a money-losing proposition. The median income generated from the farm has gone down from plus $201 last year to minus 661 in 2022. USDA says normally about half of farm households lose money on their farm operation every year. Meanwhile, though... The median off-farm income is forecast to increase about 6.4 percent. Enough to keep most farm households in the black this year. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. U.S. Senators raised concerns recently that countries such as China and Brazil are investing more heavily in agricultural research than the U.S. is, which could cause the U.S. to slip in innovative ways to boost farmer productivity. As lawmakers ramp up for a new farm bill in 2023, the Senate Agriculture Committee held a hearing recently on farm bill programs related to research in areas where more work is needed. Demand for these farm bill programs continues to outpace the available resources, and yet in recent years, funding for public agriculture research here in in the U.S. has declined, which is concerning, according to Senator Debbie Stabenow, a Democrat from Michigan and chairwoman of the committee. She says, meanwhile, China has quadrupled its investment in public agriculture research since 2000 and now invests twice as much as the U.S. does. Shavonda Jacobs-Young, USA Undersecretary for Research, Education and Economics at USDA, said work by scientists at agencies such as the Agricultural Research Service has a long track record of making investments in research that translate into benefits for the overall economy. However, like a lot of federal agencies, ARS workers are increasingly reaching retirement age, she says, and expressed concern about the need to replace those workers with the next generation of scientists. Jacobs Young also said USDA is looking for ways to improve technical assistance with producers, adding boots on the ground to take USDA research and make it applicable to farmers. Multiple senators also pointed to the value of precision agriculture and the need to increase research projects nationally to demonstrate the benefits of these tools to farmers. Do you know the nutrient use efficiency people? Yes, I'm talking about the folks at Verdesian Life Sciences that deliver crop insights and solutions so California crops grow to their full potential. From micros with a proprietary delivery system to solutions that help improve the uptake and assimilation of applied nutrients. Visit VLSCI.com to learn more about Verdesian solutions or to connect with a local representative right here in California. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.